Hey, welcome to the Central Westland Church Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for downloading and thank you for listening. We hope that today you find God's Word to be encouraging, challenging, and inspiring your life today. We would love to connect with you through our Facebook page and Instagram page. All you got to do is look on Facebook or Instagram and search for Central Westland Church. Please know that we love you, we're praying for you, and we hope you enjoyed this week's message. Kelly and TJ are out of town. Daddy and Anna Lee are at home. Is that, can you hear that, Keith? Is that better? We good? Okay. Daddy and Anna Lee are at home by herself. I did bath time all by myself last night success. I will say this, my mom and dad live right across the street. Um, thankful. Uh, last night we ate dinner with them and I told, mentioned to my mom, Annalise Nana, that we were going home to take a bath. She said, do you need me to come over? I said, nope, I'll be fine. Don't worry about a thing. She came over anyway. Uh, I, don't, I don't know why. I handled it myself, but um, so y'all think about me this week till Thursday, and then mom will be back on Thursday, thankfully, but daddy and Anna Lee are, are flying solo today, or this week, so let's hope she does not break a bone, or I don't burn the house down, amen, amen, all right, we're going to talk about prayer this morning, uh, I want to read to you uh, out of Ephesians chapter 6 says this, starting in verse 10. Uh, Paul says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Stop. How many of you know that your greatest battle today is not against your neighbor? It's not against your ex-spouse. It's not against an employer or an employee. It's not against the person who lied to you, who stole from you, who took from you, who started a rumor about you. It's not against the one who stabbed you in the back. Your greatest battle today is a battle that we can't even see being fought right now. Right? The greatest battle today is being fought in the spiritual realms, Paul says, and it's going on right now. And even though we can't see it, we can certainly feel the effects of it. We can certainly see um, how it's going. We can certainly feel the effects of it. The greatest battle today that you're facing is a battle not for your finances, not for oil or land or property or money. Your greatest battle today, if you know it or not, is for your life and for your soul. Paul says, we don't fight against each other. That means nothing. Our battle is not against the Methodist church. <laughs> Our battle is not against the Baptist church. Our battle is not against the church of God down here. Our battle is against spiritual forces, against a spiritual enemy, and that battle is being waged right now in spiritual realms. Keep reading. Verse 13. 
Therefore, Paul says, you guys know what the word therefore means? Right? It means you've got to look what was written before because that, what was written before, is connected to what was written after. So Paul says, because your greatest battle is against spiritual enemies, therefore, keep reading, Put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and uh, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes with the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So there, Paul says this, our greatest battle that we're facing today is not against each other. It's against a spiritual enemy. It's against the Satan himself. That battle is being warred, uh, being ra- waged right now in the spiritual realms. They're out to get you. The enemy's out to steal, kill, and destroy. He's out to take everything from you. Therefore, since that is going on, since the fight is waging, since the battle is happening right now, be ready, Paul says. Be ready. Be ready so that you can stand firm, he says in Ephesians 6, so that you can stand firm with the Lord, and here's how you do it. Paul calls us to, uh, to take up certain things. He calls us to put on certain things, and we call that the armor of God. He calls us to do this. He calls us to put on the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, and the shoes of the gospel of peace. He calls us to take up our shield of faith, our helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit. Now, about a year ago, we went through all those. Does anybody remember? I did so bad. All right, we'll go through them again sometime. Probably not this year because it's not in the Gospels. And we're talking about Jesus all year long. And you may be thinking, where's Jesus at in Ephesians 6? We'll get to John 17 in about five minutes, okay? We'll get, we'll get to Jesus, I promise. So here, Paul calls us to put on and to take up. However, that's not the end of the armor of God. A lot of people think once they talk about the shoes, we're all over. No, 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 no. That's not the end. Look at verse 18. This is the end of the armor of God. Verse 18, Paul says, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. So right there, my friends is the one thing, is our secret weapon as believers. It's the one thing that we have available to us that nobody else has available to. It's the one thing that holds on all the other pieces of armor. It holds them together. It's the one thing that allows us to stand firm in the face of the battle, stand firm in the face of the enemy. When the enemy's jumping down your back, The one thing, Paul says, that allows you to stand firm. The one thing, Paul says, that allows you to take up your shield, take open on your breastplate, the helmet, the belt, the shoes, is prayer. Is prayer. The one thing I love most about prayer, there's a lot of things to love about prayer. The fact that we have communication with God Almighty is amazing. Right? You ever thought about that? I would love to have a conversation with Ric Flair sometime. 
or Hulk Hogan. Thank you. You're a little late. You're a little late. You wooed on Hulk Hogan, not Ric Flair. On Hulk Hogan, you're supposed to do this. Some of y'all have no clue what I'm talking about. It's okay. It's fine. Juan knows. Juan knows. I would love to have a conversation with Hulk Hogan, but I probably won't. You know why? He don't want to talk to me. Right? I was in a restaurant one time, and Hulk Hogan was there. I was as far as from me, me to Ken. I yelled. I was like, Hogan! You know what he did? He didn't know I was there. He wasn't paying attention to me. He didn't want to talk to me. However, the creator of the universe wants to talk to me. And I have access to have that conversation. Good thing about prayer. There are a lot of good things about prayer. I believe one of the best things about prayer is that no matter what the enemy tries to do, no matter what the world tries to do, no matter what the school system, what your job, what your neighbor, what your neighborhood or your community tries to do, nobody can stop prayer. Nobody can stop the power of prayer in your life except you. Right? Everybody with me? I don't care what the government says where you can and cannot pray. You still have access to prayer. I don't care if the school system says no prayer in school. Kids still have access to prayer in school. I don't care if your job says you cannot pray here. You have access to prayer there. The only thing that stops prayer from changing your life and changing things around you is you is you it's not god amen we're praying to a faithful god that answers prayer we're praying to a mighty god that is more than enough and more than capable to answer prayers so if prayers um is prayers not changing your life it's not his fault it's ours it's ours paul gives us three things here in uh, Ephesians 6.18, that one verse gives us three things to help us inc- be encouraged in prayer. Uh, we're going to go through these quickly, and then we're going to spend time praying together today. So, uh, number one, Paul says, pray at all times. Paul says, pray at all times. Verse 18, he said, pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayer and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Paul says, pray on all occasions. One of the biggest reasons, one of the main reasons that that you hear that people do not spend time in prayer is because you don't have time to spend time in prayer. Has anybody ever said that before? Anybody ever thought that? I have. We all busy, amen? I just shared with you about my single parentness this week. If I can keep the house from burning down, I'm doing good. If I can keep Annalie fed and cleaned, (laughs) I'm doing good. However, on top of that, I got other things going on in my life. I got places to go, things to do, stuff going on, much like you do. Paul says here, pray on all occasions. I believe today, if we had a correct view, if we could have a right view of prayer today, we would not see ourselves as being too busy to pray But if we had a correct view of the power of prayer in our life today, we would understand, I can't be a good parent this week without prayer. Does that make sense? 
I can't go where I need to go without prayer. I can't do what I need to do without prayer. I can't think what I need to think without prayer. Instead of letting other things, other outside forces cause me not to pray, no, y'all, that's a reason to pray. Amen? Our busyness is a reason to pray. Our family is a reason to pray. Our job is a reason to pray. Our finances is a reason to pray. I love the book of Psalms. Check this out. Have you ever noticed how much David prayed in the book of Psalms? Let me just share with you six Psalms right here, real quick. Psalm 4, David prays before his day is ended. Psalm 5, David prayed to start his day. Psalm 6, David prayed after a failure. Psalm 7, David prayed when he was under attack. Psalm 8, David prayed when he thought of God's creation. Psalm 9, David prayed in times of joy. And Psalm Psalm 10, David prayed when he was isolated. You know when the best time to pray is? Yes. Yeah. Right now? Yep. This afternoon? Yeah. In the car? On the way to the ball game, yeah. At the ball game, Lord, yes. At Walmart, definitely. On the way to Walmart, no question. In the parking lot, I need it there more than ever. In line, waiting on the people in the in the express lane that's got forty-five items in their in their basket, and you only have a thing of bologna and a loaf of bread. Yes, Lord, yes. Pray then by all means. When's the best time to pray? Paul says, all occasions. It doesn't matter when. The answer is yes. In the mornings, yeah. On the way to work, yep. At work, yeah. On the way home, yep. Making dinner, yes. Doing homework, yes. Taking a shower, yep. Brushing teeth, yes. Before you close your eyes, yes. Paul says pray on all occasions. The second thing Paul tells us in Ephesians 6, verse 18, is that we are to pray on all occasions, and we are to pray all types of prayers. The second reason that you hear a lot when people don't pray is because they say that they don't know what to say. They don't know what to pray. Here, Paul says, pray on all occasions and pray all types of prayers. You ever have a time in your life that you're thankful? Pray about it. You ever have a time in your life where you're happy? Pray. Pray about the goodness in your life. Ever have people in your life that bring you joy? Thank God for them. Have people in your life that bring you heartache? Pray for them. Have times in your life where you're in need or in want? Pray about that need or want. I used to have students in youth groups tell me all the time, I don't know what to pray for. Oh, you know what to pray for. You just don't realize that God wants to talk to you about it. I love the fact, love the fact that God the Father wants to be so intimately involved in my life that he wants to know about everything. Anybody got any nosy friends? There's people who ask too many questions. It's none of your business. God's like that nosy friend, but he's not a nosy friend. He's a dad that loves and cares and wants to be a part of those parts of your life. 
He's that friend that cares enough to know about your relationships. He's that friend that cares enough to know, want to know about you being parents and your sons and daughters. He's that, that friend that wants to be and cares enough about you that he wants to be involved in your marriage and your relationship. He's that friend that wants to be and cares enough about you to want to be involved in your job, in your employer's relationship, and employee's relationship. He's that friend and that dad and that father that cares enough about you and wants to be enough wants to be involved with you to the point where you just talk to him about anything it doesn't matter where you're on the mountain or the valley prayers there good or bad prayers there sick pray james calls us in james chapter 5 if you're sick pray if you're a sinner pray things are good pray the only reason prayer is not an option in our life is because we don't make it an option in our life you're not going to have a conversation with the lord today and god says i don't care you're going to have a conversation with the lord today and you're going to find that there's a father there that loves and cares and wants to know you more. He wants you to know him more. He wants to be more involved in your decision-making. He simply wants to be with you. Why? Because he cares. Amen. Paul says pray at all times. Pray on all occasions. And finally, number three, he says pray Altogether, he calls us there to pray for all believers at all times and all together. How wonderful would it be if every believer prayed for every believer? Wouldn't that be great? It'd be great for two reasons. Number one, because you have millions of people all over the world praying for you. And two, it would be great because you have the confidence that there are millions of believers all over the world praying for you today. Paul says, pray for all believers all the time on all occasions. I hope you know today that you are not a part of a church. You're not a part of a Christian belief. You're not, not a part of a biblical people who do not care, who do not love, and who are not praying for you. Because we are. Because we are. Pat's, I think Pat's downstairs. Can I tell you something about Pat? Y'all know Pat? She sits right over here. I don't know if she want me saying this when she's, since she's, uh, when she's up here. So since she's not, I'm going to share it. Every Thursday morning at 10 o'clock over in the fellowship hall, Pat's here. By herself for the most part, by herself, praying. She's sitting in the fellowship hall, got her Bible open, got one of those little candles sitting there in front of her, and she's over there praying. You know what she's praying for? You. And you guys, and all of y'all. That, my friends, is what Paul tells us here in Ephesians 6. For all believers to pray at all times for all other believers. I hope you know today that you have people in your life that love you, that care for you, that spend time praying for you, talking with the Lord.
the good news is, not only do we have each other to pray for us, but did you know that Jesus Christ himself takes time to pray for you? Did you know that? If you didn't, you do now, and we're going to read it. It's in John 17. Check out John 17. We see a long prayer here by Jesus. The whole chapter of John 17 is a prayer. Jesus prays three prayers. Number one, he prays uh, for himself. You know what happens in John 18? He's arrested, which leads to crucified. Yes, leads to crucifixion. While Jesus was getting ready to be arrested, while he was facing death, while he was facing the cross and the nails and the crown of thorns, while he was facing all of that, he took time here in John 17. He prayed for himself, he prayed for his disciples, and then in verse 20, he prays for you. He prays for all believers. Look at John 17, starting in verse 20, says this. My prayer is not for them alone, them being the disciples. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will be delivered in me through their message, who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you and I are in, just as you are in me and I am in you, uh, may they also be in us so that so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved me, uh, have loved them even as you have loved me. So there Jesus says, I'm not only praying for the disciples, but I'm praying for all that believe the message about me. If you are here today and you are a believer in the Lord, you have believed the message of Jesus, say amen. amen. This prayer in John chapter 17 is for you. While the whole world at this time was looking at Jesus, Jesus was thinking about and praying for you. Not only do we have people here today that love us and will pray with us. But we have Jesus himself spending time praying for us. The most beautiful part of this is this. It doesn't matter where you're from, Jesus prayed for you. Rich or poor, Jesus prayed. Smart, uneducated, Jesus prayed. Man or woman, Jesus prayed. North or south, Jesus prayed. American or European, Jesus prayed. Young or old, Jesus prayed. Yes, definitely a Duke fan. Even if you feel like the world has told you time and time again that no one loves or cares, Jesus prayed for you. Even when you feel like and the world tells you that you're all alone, you're by yourself, Jesus prayed for you. Even when you believe you have nothing good to offer, you have nothing good to give, Jesus prays 
for you. Jesus says in John chapter 17, I pray for all believers at all times, even in the year 2023. And what does Jesus pray for us? That we will be unified. That we will be as one. That we will not be divided. That we will come together as one body, one family, serving one God all together. Can I encourage you today? And can I challenge you today to bring unity to the church through the power of prayer. I can't think of a better way to cut down a divide than through prayer. I can't think of a better way to cut down fear, worry, and anxiety than, than through prayer. I can't think of anything. Can I just be honest with you? I need your prayers more than what you think I need your prayers. Can I be honest with you again? You need mine. You need mine. We needed Jesus's, and we have it. You need mine, you have it. I need yours. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We'll work on that next week. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, y'all, we want to spend some time praying together. We have uh, a few people in our family today who um, are facing a battle, facing a struggle, physical, emotional, mental, spiritual, and we want to take time to pray for them.